What a season so far. Each episode has been extremely valuable. And I know you've had a great time learning from these guests as well. I'm Vincent A. Lancey, author of the book, Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health. We are going to learn about a unique aspect of the brain as we have the founder and CEO of a mental fitness program joining the show. You should be excited as you are about to learn a ton of new information about your brain and its mental health. I also want to share some amazing news. Over the past month, I have been searching for the right sponsor to partner up with, one that makes sense for this show, and I am excited to announce that Tampa Counseling and Wellness will be bringing you each episode from June, July, and the month of August. They are dedicated to helping individuals looking to positively transform their lives through compassionate counseling and wellness coaching. If you struggle with depression, anxiety, or other mental health issues, call them today for a free consultation. Tampa Counseling and Wellness, therapy that inspires change. You could find their phone number and website in the episode description. And for those of you new to the show, each week on this platform, I have the opportunity to interview a new mental health advocate or professional from across the country and around the globe to share their story relating to mental health. I learned even more so how the mental toughness to play sports is immense. And today's guest has had the honor to work with elite athletes and level coaches, sharing them with mental concepts to help them achieve the level that they are. From the latest in evidence-based research to leading experts in cognitive and sports psychology and neuroscience, we learn all about how the brain is connected to performance. So allow me to now introduce Jim Madrid. Jim, thank you so much for coming on the show. Vincent, I got to tell you, this is awesome. What a great platform. And man, is it needed more today than ever. So congratulations. And I'm honored to be on here with you, Vincent. The honor is mine to have you on. Would you mind taking a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners and previewing just part of your story before we dive in, while also touch on your role relating to mental health? Sure. Um, let's see. That's Look, I'm 68 years old, so how much time do we have? Okay, so, <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm currently the CEO of Advanced Sports Technology, AST, and um, I, I kind of got into that as a, a side hustle um, over the last 30 uh, some years. Uh, what's kind of started out as a personal interest has grown into a professional passion of mine. And that is, you know, how the brain is connected to performance and particularly to high performance people, not just in the athletic world, but also corporate America. And hey, not even just corporate America, just people that if you really look at the science of happiness, you know, what makes people happy? And that's positive psychology. And so um, at an early age, I was exposed to a gentleman named uh, Lou Tice. He was my high school coach and teacher. And back then, um, he started this kind of mental health, kind of, uh, mental toughness, if you will, training for us uh, back when I was 15 years old. And at the same time, originally from Seattle, my mother worked at Nordstrom, the, the original downtown store of, uh, of Nordstrom. And I started working there in, in, the, um, in the stocking shoes, if you will. And then later on started selling shoes and then became a manager for ladies shoes. 
And Jim Nordstrom, God rest his soul, kind of took me under his wing. So it was learning about some of the best awesome in corporate story, culture and yeah. how to teach your people. And at the same time, I got this guy, Lou Tice, who was also interested in high performance people. What makes them tick? And so psychology over the last 60 years has been, what's wrong with you? Then let's diagnose you. In some cases, let's medicate the dickens out of you. And, and some of that's good, I'm not taking anything back. But, um, and then out of that came cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. And, you know, I start really just digging into it. Um, I was introduced to uh, Dr. Martin Seligman out of, out of University of Pennsylvania. He started the first degree program in positive psychology, and it's taken off in many colleges around the world. I'm now offering degree programs in positive psychology. Um, Dr. Nathaniel Brandon, who has written many books on the subject of self-esteem, 20-some books, um, he's known as kind of like the father of self-esteem. I thought that makes sense. And then a, a priest came along, um, uh, Father uh, Bob Spitzer. Um, when I met him, he was just uh, just he was a priest in in California, excuse me, in Seattle. And then he became the president at Gonzaga University, and he turned that around. Now I've got a picture of him with Albert Einstein. This guy's got more degree programs than God should allow any one person. I mean, he's got he's got a PhD in quantum physics and he's a CPA mm -hmm. and he would write these books and talk. And it was like, you know, you know, Bob, please speak English because you know? <laughs> his his nieces and nephews used to call him big uh, uncle big words. And then he came out with a book that is absolutely fabulous called Finding True Happiness. And isn't that what you know we all had in common this morning? Absolutely. Looking for some sort of happiness and significance in our life. So that's been my kind of my history. And and just, you know, my wife says, dude, you need to read like a fiction book every once in a while <laughs> instead of all these textbooks. Yeah. And then lately, uh, over the last couple of years, um, I've got and and somebody I, I I'm gonna turn you on to because I think you definitely need to have her on the show is Dr. Kristen Willemeyer. Yeah, She's a neuroscient she's a neuroscientist. She just wrote a book called Biohack Your Brain. It just came out. Um, and, and so those are, uh, that, that's kind of my history. And, and she's really talking about how the mind is connected to performance and you know how those 80 billion neurons firing around in your head every day uh, are working for you or against you. Well, thank you for such a thorough introduction and let the listeners know exactly what's in store today. I think they will be extremely excited because it's not every episode we have someone providing this perspective on the brain this perspective of mental health dealing with elite level coaching elite level athletes things can get stressful so we're going to find out all about it while you were working in this role while you became the founder of this company which mental health disparities did you come across the most whether it's disorders anxiety wise or mood disorders maybe schizophrenia what did you come across confidence confidence um and then lack of confidence leads into anxiety. Let's talk about that, that, yes. Yeah, and what's anxiety about? Fear. Uh, it's caused by fear. So, you know, fight or flight, you know. Uh, those are those are what causes that. And, and you know, come on. Um, I went and got my second COVID shot yesterday. I had a little anxiety about that, you know. <laughs> so there's different levels of it. There's Absolutely. general, you know, general uh, anxiety disorder, you know, GAD. Um, there's all different levels, you know, and there's some extreme levels and, and I never really kind of come into, you know, ended with that, but, um, I had a, um, a young, uh, a parent, uh, call me up, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and this is typical. Um, 
They said, Mr. Madrid, um, we know you're quite busy, uh, blah, blah, blah. But my daughter is like a 16-year-old soccer player, and we've heard all about you. And, you know, um, and I will tell me, well, um, you know, she does really good in practice, but she loses her confidence when she goes into the game situation. I go, let me tell you something. She's in great uh, company. I've got an yeah. NFL player in the middle of a two-year, $35 million you know, contract right now. And guess what he came to us for? Confidence. I go, wow, okay. But you, when you hear their story, um, you know, this one said he was just a, you know, and I won't use the N word, but that's what he called himself out of, you know, uh, out of a city. And I was just going, you're so much more than that. You have so much more to offer to everybody. You're a father, you're a, a wife, I mean, a husband, you're, you know, just a, a, a great teammate. Uh, you're a great human being. So you're, you're not just that. And, it, you know, and, and that disparaging thing is based on a lot of the baggage that they're carrying up from their past and things that these coaches, my God, some of them, teachers, uh, parents, and the uh, the labels that they hang on these poor kids and the impact you know that that it has on them now so i i the number one thing you know vincent is confidence and confidence is you know wrong thinking you know mm -hmm. the lack of confidence is wrong thinking i'm worried about this i'm worried about that I'll give you a short story um a few years ago we uh, one of my very very good friends is a head soccer coach for a big um uh, university in Southern California. And he decided to go to another university, crosstown rival, as a matter of fact. And I've been with this coach for many, many years. And when uh, we took over this other uh, program, they hadn't had a winning season in 10 years. They um, hadn't been to the NC2As in 12 years. And the first time we got to go in the locker room, you know, the coach has got this whiteboard that he gives his pregame talk and strategy and everything, right? And then right above that, the old coach had put this, made this beautiful poster board. And Vincent, this is what he had on it. So while he's up there talking about strategy, the players are looking at this thing in their locker room all the time. It was 15 things not to think about. So what do you think they thought about? It's the old, don't think of a pink elephant. Yep, don't think yep. of a pink elephant. And guess what you're thinking of? The pink elephant kind of thing, right? And it was like, oh, no wonder. So that leads to worrying. Geez, I hope I don't screw up. I hope I don't do this. And so in the locker room where you see those knees going like this, mm -hmm. well, there's two different things. There's good stress and there's bad stress. There's eustress and there's distress. Mm -hmm. You know, I hope I don't, I hope I don't screw up. I hope I don't mess up. I hope I don't just make a big mistake or it's I can't friggin' wait to get out there, right? And we gotta calm both mm -hmm. those things. And so those are kind of the biggest things that we deal with right now. Well, thank you for sharing it's such a passionate response, which I'm so thankful for. Now I have to ask, where did this passion come from? When did you first decide you were gonna take a stance on advocacy for mental health or in your case as well, a career relating to mental health? You know, um, uh, thanks for that. It's a great question. And uh, I've been reflecting on that. In fact, I have an, an, another book coming out and we're going to start with that because I feel like, you know, look what you went through, Vincent, and if you can do it, I can sure as hell do it. And that's the way I grew up in a, in a, in a bad neighborhood in Seattle, Washington. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we weren't the poor, poor, but we were in that lower uh, income bracket. And I was the middle child of five kids. 
Uh, so there's seven of us living in a uh, in a house with one bathroom. You can only imagine. But I grew up in a neighborhood that was you can never do that. We don't do that. I didn't go to college. Um, I was working at Nordstrom. I was making bank. What do I need to go to college for? My parents, their higher education. My father, uh, um, you know, was born and raised in uh, New Mexico. My mother, uh, first generation Italian, and uh, graduate from high school was the deal. That was higher education to them. And they, unfortunately, they really didn't, you know, kind of grow out of that mentality. Um, I've more than made up for that. Yes. Um, so, but it, again, the neighborhood is called White Center in Seattle. It's also known as Rat City. And, and, and to this day, the mentality there is nothing good ever comes out of Rat City. Um, a, a year ago, two years ago, Christmas, we were at a Christmas party for one of my clients and they had a bunch of their clients there and my wife and I were there and we sat down, you go through the buffet and you sit down at this big round table and there's plenty of people there. And I overheard this gentleman, in Southern, we we're in Southern California where we live. And across the table, I overheard this guy say he was from Seattle. I said, hey, I'm from Seattle. <laughs> and he goes, oh yeah, where from? Now I understood this guy was a big time, big time guy. And uh, I said, from White Center, I swear to you, he went, oh, and turned away. My wife, you know, we've been together for 30 some years. And she goes, I said, I told you, I told you. And that's still the mentality. So if I can do it, people like us, if you can come out of that, you know, that TBI, like what you went through and be able to do what you've been able to accomplish. And me coming out of that, I still look at, I had an office in Madrid, Spain for eight years because a guy named Madrid needs to have an office in Madrid. And I'm telling you, it was the best thing, right? And who I got to work with there, one of the largest banks in, in the world, Banco Santander, um, there was in 2000, um, you know, 2001, right after 9-11, became, uh, there was the bombing in Madrid at the Atocha station. Yeah. I got to work with the secret police there and go through that. Little Jimmy Madrid. <laughs> out of Rat City. And I find myself working with, I helped Pete Carroll write his Win Forever program, uh, his online program. I got all those different opportunities and, and the Nordstrom's and so on. My wife, the first time I ever took her to Seattle, she's from uh, from Southern California. And I took her in, showed her the back rooms and the back offices of Nordstrom on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> and I'm showing her something. And all of a sudden this guy comes up, grabs my earlobe. He goes, all right, Jimmy Madrid, what are you up to? And I go, hey, Mr. B, what's going on? Da, 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 da. Mr. B, this is Darcy. Darcy, this is Mr. B. He walked in, tell your mom hi, we'll do, see you later, tell the family hi, thanks Mr. B, you too, take care. And Darcy goes, who was that? I go, oh, that was Bruce Nordstrom. <laughs> <laughs> Little Jimmy Madrid out of Rat City, okay? Um, so that's what got me passionate about it, was that there's a lot of Jimmy Madrids out there. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, and especially now with this pandemic, you know, these kids today are suffering from emotional neglect and isolationism. You know, and along with that is, you know, they're psychologically needy. You mm -hmm. realize that the mental, the National Mental Health Hotline um, between April and June of last year saw a 1,000% increase in phone Crazy. and calls coming in. So that's what I'm all about right now. Let's, let's uh, mental health, we need it, absolutely, because there's plenty of people out there that need that. But there's also, let's talk about preventing this. And that's what we're about. Well, I love what you just brought that up there, preventing this. 
What are two things that you can recommend to our listeners through all of your experiences that they can do to create a more healthy mindset? We'll do short-term and long-term here, Jim. Let's start with short-term. Brain health. Brain health. Get a copy of Dr. Kristen Willemeyer's book, Biohack Your Brain. It's in English. I mean, easy to use, (laughs) easy to understand, right? Uh, Easy to understand, easy to use and implement supplements getting uh, like she said it's all about blood flow baby to our brain oxygen uh you know and um hydration and you know and why not start that now instead of waiting until there is problems and and yes we do we have problems you know uh you know when there's a mass shooting you know we talk about gun control but what we do need to talk about is also mental health yep. and we need to start preventing that kind of stuff and why not start that at these kids at a very early age instead mm-hmm. of waiting until something serious and then let's treat it right so um just like everything else in life preventing it right. will prevent it from becoming a lifelong thing you may deal right. with it for a few weeks something short term but you're nipping in the butt that's it brushing your teeth if you don't brush your teeth, you're going to have some long-term problems with your with your your teeth Absolutely. in the long run. So you know that's how I look at what AST is all about. Is is you know is the preventive into to the preventative you know area of preventing mental health problems. Uh, one of the schools I was working with, we helped start a mental wellness and uh, you know center and uh, a website and everything for our students and. Uh, they, they had an architect come in and re-design uh, uh, the counselor's uh, floor where all the counselors okay. were for the high school. We get the uh, plan back and in the middle of it, it says the, uh, you know, on the perimeters, all the offices for the counselors, in the middle of it said student gathering area. Now the president of the school, the principal of the school is a friend of mine. And I said, we went to his office afterwards and I said uh, to him, I go, dude, um, let's pretend like we're a couple of students here having lunch. And I go, hey, Vincent, uh, what are you gonna do after school? And you go, hey, why don't you meet me in the student gathering area of the mental wellness center? He goes, yeah, that doesn't sound good. I go, no. I go, but why aren't we calling that, the, the high school's name, the Center for High Performance Students? Now, I wanna go to that. I would have gone to that as a student. Right. And so one of the things that we're doing through sports and through the window of sports uh, Vincent is getting these kids, uh, these student athletes, uh, this kind of education, and we're creating. We're, you know, I just had a conversation with USYS, United States Youth Soccer, uh, the CEO Skip Gilbert, and he's got a university. But we're talking about creating uh, the Center for uh, High Performance Soccer Players, and that includes not only you know the physical training and everything else, but it also includes the mental performance side. And uh, uh, FC Dallas, they have a uh, performance center. But the la- thing they're lacking of is a program. And that's what we've created over the years is a systematic process of continuous improvement, not reading a book, which is good, but then what? Not just going through a seminar and then what? Not just getting online and watching some videos and then what? It's mm-hmm. a process. And I've gathered and we're kind of like that conduit to reach out to some of the best in uh, you know in um, uh, in cognitive and positive psychology and neuroscience, and let's get that what's going on. You know, um, cognitive behavioral therapy. Now, if you go into that, you know, you know, okay, cognitive behavioral therapy in a soccer training program. Come on, <laughs> you know, what? You know, but if you talk about 
we've been introduced, my coaches and my team and myself, when we're introduced to parents and we talk about what our program's about and what we're implementing into your soccer club, soccer team, baseball, basketball, whatever, the, the response is, wait, what? You have a mental conditioning program, a mental fitness program? We're all in. It, it's amazing to see. Wow. I have to say this answer is filled with awareness and knowledge as being important things to prevent these things and helping these kids get more aware of it. Just like my book, Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health. I'm right now speaking with students and explain to them it's okay to have feelings, okay to have emotions, anxiety, depression. If we feel this way, we simply just talk to an adult that we feel trustworthy with, we feel safe around. And I like what you said about books and videos. A lot of great resources out there, but you have to actually apply that information. You can read yep. a million and a half thousand, whatever you want to say. A lot of books, yeah. but if you don't apply it, there's no good. Now let's look long-term here, Jim. What could you recommend? You know, long-term is, um, again, a process. And, and if we get the brain health go going, then long-term, too, is, uh, is reducing that negative self-talk. Uh, as Surround yourself with, um, if you've got people around you that are, you know, that aren't supporting this, you know, um, then you've you got to surround yourself with more positive people. And, and, you know, positive is such an overused term, but the science behind it now is incredible. I mean, let's like take a look at the, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, you know, uh, Russ, uh, you know Russell Wilson, um, Pete Carroll, it, they embody uh, positivity. Mm -hmm. And now there's the science uh, behind it that kind of shows it. Dr. Sullivan's book, You know, Learned Optimism, he spent years, um, you know, in the research of the difference between optimistic people and pessimistic people, and you know, those are the things that you know we do. Along with that, is and one of the things we do, the very first uh, fundamental that in our in our basic program, seven fundamentals of mental fitness, is uh, vision drives performance. And I think that, you know, we we look at long term, and I, uh, and I'll give you a, a story. My daughter Devin when she was getting ready to go away to college, you know, going up five years ago now, she went to Fordham University. We live in Laguna Niguel, California. And going to Fordham University in New York City from a little suburban town where there's no big, there's no two-story two buildings maybe, right? And she's going to the Big Apple and she's at the Lincoln Center. And before she left, I said, Devin, let's talk about something. Um, and I've taught my kids to journal and, and how to journal their entire lives since they were little kids and learned how to write. And I said, let's, uh, let's pretend like you just finished your freshman year at uh, Fordham. Um, and now you're back home here. And you and I are sitting at this kitchen table and I'm gonna ask you a question. I'm gonna ask you, so Devin, what were you so very proud of that you accomplished this in your freshman year? and academically in her major mm -hmm. and in life. What were you so proud of? Um, and I think the third one is something that we don't, uh, we don't you know, emphasize enough and that's life. And so I said, don't answer me right now, but I want you to go journal as if you've, uh, you've already, so long-term vision. Mm -hmm. And I gotta tell you, her sophomore year, she came home during Christmas break and she was now living in an apartment with one of her girlfriends and, um, lower floor, no windows, dark, gloomy. She comes home for Christmas break. 
it's 80 degrees. She's in the down at the beach surfing. You know, she's Snapchatting herself back to her girlfriends. And it's a, you know, it's an ice storm back in New York City. She gets back there. It's gloomy. It's dark. My wife and her have a conversation. She goes, you better, my wife comes in and says, you better have a talk with our daughter. I go, why? She goes, she's like, uh, she's not happy. She's very, very sad. Now, you know, a Madrid that is depressed is an oxymoron. I just want to give you that, okay? So I give her a call. I go, hey, she, she starts going, oh, Dan, I'm just, you know, I'm all lonely. And da, 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 da. And I said, Devin, why don't you pull out your journal and write down uh, what you wrote that you want to accomplish this year? crickets. She goes, uh, yeah, I didn't do that. And I said, you know what? If I was you, Dev, I would get your journal out and write down what you want to accomplish this last semester of your sophomore year. About two days later, D Darcy calls me up. She says, I don't know what you said to her, but she's back. Our Devin is back. But see, there's Excellent. that. You know, it comes to this. When uh, Remember the, the, uh, the story of Alice in Wonderland, right? And when she came to the fork in the road, she asked the Cheshire cat, what road should I take? And the cat said, well, where are you going? And Alice said, well, I don't know. And so the cat said, well, then it really doesn't matter what road you take. Mm -hmm. And then therein lies where anxiety comes in, because I don't know where I'm going. You know, I, a, a friend of ours, um, she was on the phone with me yesterday because her son is at SMU and he's about ready to graduate. And I go, um, and she immediately said, look, Jim, I've sent him all these different listings for jobs at a LinkedIn. I go, stop, leave him alone. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got enough pressure on him. He's got finals. He's got his last, you know, uh, uh, you know, semester in school. He's got enough. You know what? He's going to be, Toby's great. He's great. He's Nothing's going to, he's going to find a job someplace. And then, you know, sooner or later, he's going to fall right into something that he absolutely has passion and he loves. He's a smart kid. Back off, chill out. I called up Toby. I go, Toby, your mother just told me, and I just, I just, you know, uh, schooled her down, man. You got it. You know, he goes, oh, Jim, thank you so much. So, Toby, you're going to be okay. Just go get a job, cover your base, and then start looking, and something's going to come to you. You're going to find it, but you need to get out there and you need to get a job. And it doesn't need to be a job in what you think the rest of your career is going to be. Go get a job in the restaurant industry. Go get a job, uh, you know, at a, a whatever. Just cover your base so that you don't have that added pressure, that financial pressure on you. And then I'll give you and the doors will open up. But if you're just sitting in your apartment and just going online and looking for jobs all the time and, you, and then you've got the, uh, the pressure of bills and finances on you. It's going to be even tougher. And yeah, he goes yeah, like this. Yeah. He goes, he says, thanks, Jim. He goes, I'm about ready to do an online interview right now. <laughs> he goes, you just made me feel a lot better. I go, dude, and if you don't get the job, it wasn't the job for you. He mentioned there's going to be that fork in the road. She described with Alice in Wonderland. You'll know which road to take. And if it's right for you, it's right for you. I love that last piece because we all want it to happen right now. We want this job. It's right here in front of us. But it may not be the best job for us to hit our full potential and make it happen. Right but we, know, we know what you got going on with AST training here. Let's hear a little more about what you have going on in the mental health world in the future. So we're, right now, like I said, we're, we're working with um, uh, a lot of different um, sports clubs to install a director of mental fitness. You know, in a lot of these, you have the director of 
the technical director, you know, and these clubs and, and, and Vincent, I don't know how much you know about youth sports in America today. The culture is sick. Um, you've got these coaches uh, and I just watched uh, uh, and the parents. As are, a former uh, baseball no, player, I remember there's a lot of parents who live vicariously right through their children on the field and it gets intense. Oh, you know, I walked into a gymnasium here with the Dallas Wings and uh, the professional women's uh, basketball team. And they were doing this thing at this YMCA. And we walked into the gym. It's about 150 kids. The ladies are there. And they were wonderful. And I noticed, I should have taken a picture of it, but there's a banner. So these kids are all under, you know, 12 years old, right? Six years old on up. And there's a banner and it says, attention parents. There are no Division One college coaches here offering scholarships. <laughs> That's hysterical. And, and, and so what we're trying to do is, again, we're in the preventative mode. We want to install, uh, we want to create these centers for high performance students. Um, those are the things. We've, uh, I just finished and completed a course, uh, some coursework for uh, high school seniors getting ready to go off to college or mm -hmm. any place else. Uh, and then also for incoming freshmen uh, into college. And that is, um, uh, you know, mental fitness for a successful college career. We do, like I said, we got them uh, somewhat ready academically, athletically. And then what we haven't done a good job enough is maturity and mm -hmm. confidence and uh, self-esteem to, you know, the different, you know, hey, mom and dad aren't there. There's no curfew. Uh, last yeah. year, a year ago, September uh, in uh, 20 uh, in 2019, at uh, at uh, USC, there was nine deaths, and that was it wasn't from hazing. It was just kids getting drunk, mm -hmm. stoned. You know, kid at San Diego State fell out of bed off his top bunk, hit his head on the uh, desk on the way down, and died. You know, so why aren't we doing something like that? Your awareness that you're about to raise and you are raising is very appreciated because I work with the students and I know we could all think back. There's a turning point where you're impressionable and then you're not. If a student is having bad influences up until that point, you may get to him too late and that's what you're trying to prevent. So Jim, exactly. I think it's now a great time to head into the spotlight story. I would love your take on it. Each week, I share the mental health story of someone who is famous because I want to let you the listeners know you are not alone. I want you to understand that even though someone looks healthy from the outside, they may not be on the inside too. And as we have a sports rock star on the show today, we'll introduce the story of another in NHL goaltender, Scott Darling. I found two articles, one in Sports Illustrated, one in Heads Up Guys, and they talk about how he, in order to deal with his social anxiety, he self-medicated with alcohol, almost cost him his career. Like many who turned their lives around, he did have a dramatic epiphany. And I'll quote this from the article. To be sure, his decision the morning of July 1st, 2011, came much more quickly than the process that it took to get him where he was, which was in a bed in his uncle's home in Boca Raton, Florida, with a pounding head and a guilty conscience, out of options and out of hockey. He was helping out at his uncle's memorabilia company. And aside from doing curls with a beer bottle, Hadn't worked out in months. And this is from a peak performance, if you will, NHL athlete. The article then goes on to say how bad it was. The goaltending coach fired him. The worst team in one of the lowest pro leagues in North America said, you're not coming back. 
It was that morning that Darling decided to stop drinking, but more importantly, somehow find a way to conquer a mental health issue that plagued him since he was a kid. He said he always suffered from social anxiety, and this disorder was what caused him to medicate with a drug of choice, which was massive amounts of alcohol. Just because it's legal doesn't make it not dangerous, if not used cautiously. He said, quote, I wasn't comfortable as a human being. I didn't think people liked me. Jim, what do you take away out of this? Oh, there's so much. How much time do we have left? <laughs> well, here's what I take away from that. One, um, you know, social disorder. We're in we're in a crisis mode with social disorder right now because of this pandemic. You know, these kids have been isolated and so on. Um, the other thing too is I had a professional uh, soccer player come to me in his rookie season, and he was crushing it. He was a low, uh, you know, hometown boy doing good. He was absolutely crushing it. And uh, starting every game now, and um, now he could walk down the street when nobody knew him before. And now he walks down the street, people are asking for his autograph. And, That's cool. And then he came to me one day and he said, okay, so when do I hit the wall? Similar to what Darling did. He hit a wall. And again, there's that lack of focus again, right? There's that lack of where am I headed? And yeah, you know, and then you can go into uh social disorder and then you can find all the reasons why people don't like me whatever it may be and i said to this player i said well what's your vision i mean it's a couple of years from now what's your vision and he said i'll tell you what and this was in october of 2013. he said i want to get on the u.s men's national team um i want to make an impact i'll be an impact player on the team and then I want to go to Europe and play in the uh, um, Premier, English Premier League. And I gave him the same thing <laughs> about Alice in Wonderland, right? At Wonderland. And then I said, and why? Well, you know, and if you do, these are three questions I asked him. So what if you did that? Who cares if you did that? And what difference would it make Love it. if you did that? And that gets you to purpose. And purpose drives vision. Mm -hmm. And vision drives performance. Let me repeat that. Purpose. Uh, and yeah, the guy that came up, Daniel, whatever, on your why. And I, it, to me, that's so trendy. Look, we're purpose maximizers, or we're not why maximizers. We're, and nothing against it. He's on the same, we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, to me, it's like, it's purpose. You know, mm -hmm. we do everything on purpose. And so we are purpose maximizers. So, you know, it's like in goal setting too. If you don't have a purpose behind it, I just, I want to score two goals. I want to, I want to score 30 points. I want to do that, you know, but there's no purpose. And then, the, you know, then it just becomes lip service, mm -hmm. right? So taken away from that is, is that there's that lack of long-term vision and purpose. You know, if there's no, you know, I could hear, you know, when you sent the messages to me, when I listened to my friend, uh, you know, on another show that you do, and I talked to her about you and I heard your purpose, you know, and, and what you're trying to do. I love it, you know, and that's why I agreed to be on the show with you. But purpose drives vision. And so, you know, if you don't know where you're going, then you're going to revert to alcoholism or drugs or whatever else because mm -hmm. you don't know what else to do, you know. And so let me drown my, my, my misery away, you know. What is it that uh, you know, human nature is to deal with misery and conflict. And that's what early psychology mm -hmm. was all about. Absolutely. You know? And then guess what? Misery loves company. I mean, it's that, I mean, go yeah, on that, and that's the truth, unfortunately. Yeah. 
go on social media today. For God's sake, it's nothing but miserable people hopping on. And it's like, oh, my goodness, right? And then mm -hmm. we got these kids listening mm -hmm. to that and watching that story. And that's the truth, too. Kids are easily influenced again. And overall, great analysis of that story. You hit every talking point I was even going to ask questions on. So thank you, Jim. And thank you so much <laughs> for coming on the show today. The value yeah. is endless. I loved how you're so passionate about mental health. You also talked about teachers and the special role they can play in their life if it's the correct influence. The whole episode, we talked about surrounding yourself with the right people as well. And of course, your insight with your profession is much appreciated. And now I'd like to ask you for your last word. I do this on all my shows. So the opportunity to get to know my guests is truly there. What would you like to end on, Jim? You know, I think it is that we all have, you know, the spiritual side of me comes out. And that is uh, my father taught me years ago. And, you know, it was really special. We couldn't afford to go out to dinners and breakfasts. And one day, one Saturday morning, I'll never forget it. And he told me that uh, we're, we're, he sneaks me out to go have breakfast. And it's a beautiful day. And we come up to a stop sign and this gentleman's walking across the street. And my dad, the window is down. And my dad reached his hand out and said, well, good morning. And the guy stopped in the middle, you know, and he goes, well, hi, good morning to you too. And I go, who was that, Dad? And he goes, and I'm like five years old, you know? And he goes, I don't know, but son, did you see him smile? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, that's why the good Lord put us on this earth, is to put a smile on their face and a glow in their heart. And so we're, I go, well, that, da, da, da. then the next thing you know, we're coming up to another stop sign and there's a man standing on the curb next to me. He goes, he goes son, you try it. And I said, I reach out there and I go, good morning. And the guy goes, well, good morning to you, young man. Have a nice day. And I, went, I turn to my dad and go, that stuff works. And I think we need more of that right now. You know that? I couldn't agree with people, you anymore. We need more people smiling, spread it, you know? Spread that so, positivity, Jim. You're right. doing it. You're doing it. Now I got to ask, how can everybody find you? Uh, ASTacademy.com. Uh, that's our site for the sports site. Um, Jim at JimMadrid.com. Uh, is our corporate side and our personal development side is jimmadrid.com, but astacademy.com is for our sports side. That, and by the way, there's stuff there for parents, coaches, teachers, um, and students. And they don't just have to be athletes. Um, there's everything there. Be sure to check out his content, both his websites, and reach out. He is here to help. I'll have his LinkedIn in the bio for the show as well you learned a lot about the brain today and follow up with this website because you can have your questions answered in the meantime and it's also social media time for the show on instagram facebook and linkedin we're at a mental health break on twitter we're at podcasts by lancy to get updates from all of my shows if you check out my books dm me i'd love to hear from you all we're three-time published author but my latest book is mr lancy talks mental health Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week on a mental health break.